Is your tendency to procrastinate negatively affecting your life? If so, sign up for our free fast track class, No More Procrastination. In this class, you'll learn a simple and practical way to defeat procrastination once and for all. This 30-minute free course will help you get your life back on track. Register today at www.lifehack.org backslash focus fast track. Welcome to the Life Hack Show. Life is full of limitations. Learn how to break free and live your best life. Join me, Ali Kramer, Content Director of Lifehack, as I interview the top experts in the self-improvement sphere for advice on how to make life more enjoyable, no matter who you are. If you're looking for insight on how to overcome any obstacle, this podcast is made for you. Today, I'll be speaking with Frank Pumey. As the CEO of one of the largest youth sports programs in the country, Frank fought hard to overcome the crippling effects of burnout. In his new book, Running With My Head Down, an entrepreneur's story of passion, perseverance, and purpose, Frank speaks candidly about his struggle with his identity as a CEO, detailing his breaking points and severe burnout, which led to an addiction to diet pills. In this interview, Frank will talk about his experience crashing from what he calls a Superman high and how others can realign their priorities to put themselves above their career. Hi, Frank. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Ali. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Burnout's a, a hot topic, and it seems like you know a lot about it. So Ooh, It sure is. I happen to be an expert as far as I've been through it, and it's, it's rough, but you can absolutely overcome it. That's really, really great to hear. So let's start talking about burnout. Um, let's start with your own experience. Can you share with us the story of your own burnout experience, and how did you come to know you were burned out, and what did you do? Yeah, it's so fascinating, Allie, because I loved my company that I founded, I9 Sports. So mm-hmm. when I founded it in 2003, you know, guns are blazing. You're a founder. You're doing everything, right? You're working night and day. You're sure. eating, drinking, sleeping your business. And there came a point about five years into the business, and we had some severe lows in that business during that five-year period, too, where we were actually almost out of business, but you know, we recovered and came out of it. And I got about five years in when I I had this this kind of epiphany that I, I felt stuck. I felt stuck that I felt like I was doing everything. I was I was tired. I couldn't get I couldn't get re-energized, even though I absolutely loved my company. Mm-hmm. And I had this realization when I went to a Tony Robbins event, and that was that. I was having this identity crisis that I think is so common among uh, entrepreneurs. I was having this entrepreneur identity crisis that I call it. And that is that I was so intertwined with my identity being my business because again, you're breathing, eating, drinking, sleeping, your business. Sure. And me and my business became one. And when my business was having good days, I was having good days. When my business was having a rough time, I was absolutely in a terrible mood. And what I had this, this realization was that I am not my business and my business is not me. Like we are two completely separate organisms mm-hmm. and that business is a breeding, a living organism that I absolutely support and love, but I'm more than just my business and my business is more than just me. And it was hugely freeing to have that realization that um, life is more than just business. Sure. So, so you went to a Tony Robbins event. Was this in kind of search for kind of getting over your stuckness or was that a work event that you were going? What led you there? 
Actually, that's the reason why I went to Tony's uh, Date with Destiny. It's sort of his signature mm-hmm. program. And I kind of went because I wanted to kind of figure out my why. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. And I've always kind of been fascinated with purpose in life and your mission and, and you know, pursuing your passion. And I purposely went to, to this Date with Destiny because I wanted to figure out, like, what was my why? I was happily married, uh, two kids. You know, on the outside, everything was great. But on the inside, I just felt like there's something more like something is missing and why am I not feeling, I'm not feeling that same passion for my business, even though I love it so much. And I was so identified that it was my purpose in life. That is a huge, huge point that I want to make is that I believed back then that my business on sports was my purpose in life. Like I was put here for that. Uh-huh. And that was, a, that became a very big problem. How so? Well, that limiting belief that I'm here for my business is kind of kind of ridiculous because it's so <laughs> it's so limiting to you because once again you you end up living your life as if your business is everything. Right. Uh, and and, and everything else is kind of like supporting roles like like you're saying your family, friends. Exactly. Family. Now, right. So I was the guy that would come home from work, you know, my wife, she always supported me every step of the way, but she would call me at five o'clock and say, all right, honey, it's, it's time, you know, time to shut the laptop down, you know, and I would come home. I was always home for dinner with the kids and, you know, we play and do bath time. But I went through this thing, Allie, where I would come home. First thing I would do is put the laptop on the kitchen counter, open it up and went right back to work. Oh, wow. (laughs) And my wife, after a while was just like, you know, can, can you give me like two or three hours, mm-hmm. have dinner, have a little bit of time with the kids. I don't want you to look back and regret this time. And so was and this I, causing like relationship problems with you and your wife? Yeah, absolutely. The fact that she supported my business, supported me in the business so much. I mean, we met before the business started. Uh-huh. So she was totally supportive, but she realized that there was a much bigger picture in all of this. And we both come from divorced parents. Her mom worked crazy number of hours running a deli in Long Island Mm. and wasn't home for uh, her sister or her after school or for dinner. My mom uh, worked two jobs. Um, My parents were divorced as well. So we really valued family time. And my wife though had to give me that wake up call. Mm-hmm. So your wife gave you this wake up call and it was at that point that you understood that you were burned out or was it, it was it more kind of like a, a revelation over time? Yeah, it was a revelation over time. So mm-hmm. here's, here's what happened. Um, this is all part of this burnout phase that you're going through. Cause I think it's, you don't all of a sudden like your house doesn't burn down in one second. It happens over phases, right? Good point. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in my company, I'm running this company and the organization chart is like flat. It's like me and like everybody else. And there was, I needed more leaders in my company. And I had a phone call with a a CEO of another franchise company uh, after reading an article that he hired a COO and president. So I called him up and I'm like, Brian, I just read that you you hired a COO president. How do you know, like, when is the time? Uh Because Frank, you'll know when it's time, like the business is bigger than you. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am absolutely there. The business is bigger than me. So it was then that I, I, I hired a a president and CEO. His name is also Brian who, and Brian is now the CEO and chairman of I9 sports, but I hired Brian and, um, 
the thing that was so important though, Ali, in this process is that I hired for my weakness. And that's the thing that I would absolutely recommend anybody that's going through burnout, that's an entrepreneur that owns their business, owns their own business, doesn't feel like they can relinquish control. You gotta relinquish control. You're going through founderitis, <laughs> you know. You need to you need to relinquish control and you need to start if you really love your company get out of your own way and hiring Brian was the change is, is that shift that started happening for me. Yeah, and that's a, was, that's a really great point. I think a lot of people have issues, especially managers, bosses, founders um, of delegating to others. And you're saying, you know, kind of let go of that control and let others take over the spots where you're weaker in. So yeah, you absolutely can, mm -hmm. that top down mentality or top-down management it only goes for so long right when you start your company you can see how it happens you start your business and you are it you're doing everything mm -hmm. and then you hire one person and they maybe handle a task or just like your finances and then you hire somebody else for marketing but you were doing those things before they got hired and you still have your hands in it so you can see how this whole control or founderitis I call it inflammation of the founder right. where they have to be involved in every decision and they lack respect for formalized planning because they you know flew by the seat of the pants I get it I did all that but the thing the difference was Ellie at that point I realized if I really really love my company like I say I do and give it what it needs. Get out of my own way and hire people. Yeah. And that was that was a big uh, that was a big moment for me. I'm sure it was, Frank. Jeez. And um, so, so what did you do after this this realization? Yeah. So after I had this realization, so some of the things I did was I realized that yeah, I had been really burned down, and uh, I had been burnt out, and. I didn't realize it at the time, but then at, uh, when at that moment, when I looked back, I was like, this explains why I would take extended weekend. Uh, you know, I would take off on a Monday and come back on Tuesday and still not feeling the passion, still not want to come back. And I was feeling guilty about it. Or I would take extended vacation and I would come back and I still wasn't feeling it. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. Uh -huh. The business, I, I have to do more than just the business. Like I need to really bring balance into my life and I need to get outside of, you know, the four walls and ceiling of the business. And that was, that's what led me to the, probably the second solution. And that is finding a peer group of people to be around. And I joined mm -hmm. Entrepreneurs Organization, EO, just to be around other entrepreneurs or YPO or there's so many Facebook groups out there um, of, of other entrepreneurs or listening to like a podcast, you know, like Lifehack or reading books or going to a Tony Robbins event or seminar. These are the things that you need to do to keep your mind healthy and to yeah. be able to, um, to remedy that burnout. Yeah. So you don't feel so alone and you can kind of share in experiences with others and kind of bounce ideas off of them and, and get advice. I'm sure. Oh my gosh, you, you, there's something you just said right there that I, I want to mention. You mentioned about feeling alone. Mm -hmm. That is another big, big problem that we go through as part of this burnout. I mm -hmm. went through this, I call it lonely at the top, mm. where, you know, when you start out running your business and you have a few employees, you share with them all of your ideas, right? You're super transparent. Hey guys, I'm thinking of doing this. I'm thinking of doing that. Yeah. And you get to a point where you have about 10 employees, 12 employees, and you have an idea. Let me give you an example. An idea would be, you know, I think we need to bring in um, a director of marketing. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, you actually have a marketing person on staff. Right. Yeah. These, that's the start of when you can't start telling everybody all of your ideas because it's going to affect their jobs. Gotcha. 
And you can see how that lonely at the top, all of a sudden I started secluding myself more and more. I was isolating myself from my staff. I couldn't be as transparent as I wanted to be. That also creates burnout. Once you start feeling you're lonely, you can't talk to people, you're just, you can't get out of your own way. You can see how this whole thing evolves. It doesn't, it doesn't, you don't burn out in one moment, but they do stack one on top of the other. And then you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, something really major needs to change in your life. Sure. And it really explains why you felt so stuck. It's like you couldn't, (laughs) you couldn't move. You, you had nowhere to go and no one to really talk to about these things, um, which makes so much sense why you wanted to surround yourself with others who are also going through this experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, give the audience um, some indication of how they might identify the signs of mental and physical overload from, from work. Well, a couple of things I, I, I touched on that uh, I, I want to highlight. One, if you, even though you love your company, <laughs> mm-hmm. if your results are not matching your expectations for a long period, of, over a long period of time, that's sort of what I define as burnout starts to happen. That's mm. sort of the reason behind it. Like I've been working so hard, I'm not getting the results. And you feel like that hamster in a wheel. That's sort of the first step in the uh, one sign. Another sign is saying, you know, I'm just going to take another day off. I'm going to extend that weekend or I'm going to take an extra week vacation and you come back and you're still not feeling the love (laughs) and you're still not feeling it yet. You feel confused because you feel like your company, you feel stuck. Your company is, is a big identity of who you are and you love it. You want to see it grow. I'm not saying to quit and give up, but what I am saying is that's when you need to start really hiring and getting out of your own way and hiring for your weakness, hiring leaders, Mm -hmm. not C players, but hiring a players in your company. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, this is really interesting because I'm thinking about how you've come kind of full circle here. Do you feel like once you uh, understood the burnout that it was so much easier for you to kind of tackle it? For sure. It's like once I gave it a name and I, and yeah. I gave it a label, it did feel better because I, I wasn't lost anymore because I didn't, I, I never, I never heard a podcast like this or read a book before about burnout. So I really didn't know what this thing was. I just mm-hmm. thought it was frustration with the business. Sure. And then I came to realize, wait a minute, this, this burnout is something that so many people go through. And the way that I remedied it was to not only do the hiring, but to get my real passion back in the business was to find angles at which I can contribute to the business. In other words, I had a great management team that did everything. I didn't need to be there every day. So, but I was, I loved the innovation part of the company. I'm the idea Mm -hmm. guy. Mm. So my focus became development, kind of research and development. I was the R and D guy and coming up with new ideas for new products and services. It's what gave me the juice. It was the reason why I started the company. Yeah. So I'd encourage your listeners if they are going through that and after they've already built a team, how you re-energize yourself is get back into what you love doing. Do really what you enjoy. If it's the innovation side or maybe it's marketing or maybe it's the technology side of the business or heck, maybe it's finances or systems and processes. <laughs> sure. I don't know. But there was something that you really love doing that if you could do it every day, it would excite you to be part of the business again. And that's what I did. I, I became part of, I became research and development. 
Yeah. Uh, great. So you like, you suggest to reignite your passion, kind of like falling in love with your career all over again. Yes. I fell in love all over again. So for example, when I nine sports does flag football league, soccer, basketball, T-ball leagues, but we weren't doing T-ball at the time. And I knew we wanted to, to expand into offering baseball programs. Uh, and we have a, we're a franchise system. So we have franchises all over the country. And I thought, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the guy who's going to go around the country. I'm going to meet with franchisees and they're going to be, they're going to test our baseball program out. We're going to collectively come up with the best practices. And then we get to roll this out nationwide. And I felt like reinvigorated again. Like I was the founder of running that small company. I'm a small business guy. I'm not a, a big organization guy that likes bureaucracy and red tape and organizational planning meetings and advisory councils and task forces. Oh my God, just saying that ex- exhausts me. <laughs> but some people, it's a necessity of the business when you get big, but it yeah. wasn't for me. So I found that little niche, that corner where I can be super productive, that the company needed that fire. Um, and I didn't have to be part of the other side of things. So that's a, that's a big recommendation I'd have for listeners. Oh, absolutely. I feel re-energized just hearing you explain it because it's yeah, like, cool. you know, it takes off all of that, that stuff, like you're saying, your weaknesses and pushes it onto someone else where it might be their strengths. And so it's a win-win for everybody. Right. When we're kids we're, and we go to school, we're told that, you know, if we're, we're not doing well in one subject, you have to you know, you have to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. You have to do well in all your subjects. As we become adults, we, we tend to realize, wait a minute, you know, I'm not, for example, I'm not a handy person. Like I could barely screw in a light bulb, right? I can't build a house. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my strength, but my strength is to build a company and then hire people to build a house, right? So yeah. the point is that focus on your building on your strengths, not trying to fix your weaknesses at 30, 40, 50 something years old. Um, enjoy life and do what you really enjoy doing. And uh, if you do what you enjoy, you, you'll be good at it. Yeah, that's, that's such beautiful advice. Um, and I love simple. it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's simple. ridiculously simple, I realize, but it's true. Yeah. And you don't sound burnt out at all right now. So (laughs) I would say that it's effective. Um, So I really want to jump into your book, Running With My Head Down, an entrepreneur's story of passion, perseverance, and purpose. Can you tell our listeners uh, more about your book? Yeah. So my book is an entrepreneurial journey book. I wanted to kind of demystify the secrets to success because I was very fortunate that I founded a company that I surrounded myself with a really, really strong group of people and franchise owners and staff. And I've grown this thing since 2003. We've registered over 2 million kids, 900 locations. The company is worth $300 million over that period of time. But I'm a guy who I come from very little money. Um, You know, I have a bachelor's degree, but I don't, I'm not a, you know, uh, MBA or PhD or anything. Mm -hmm. I didn't have contacts. I had lots of doubters and naysayers in my life. My dad told me that I had golden handcuffs, meaning I could never quit my medical sales job to start my softball league, which is how I got my start. And I made $7,000 the first year. And then we later, six years later, we sold it for $2 million. So I mean, you can do it. And I wanted to write this book to inspire people that don't settle for plan B in your life. Plan B for me was medical sales. It was safe. I had no passion for it. I hated it. My 
ultimate passion was sports. And that's how I led to starting a softball league and then running kids flag football and then later franchising I-9 sports. So I wanted to take my journey. My book is not a nuts and bolts business book. If you're looking for like nuts and bolts, do A, B, and C. There's plenty of great books out there. I wanted to take the reader on a journey. I want to take you on a story of how I started the highs and lows I go through. And I want you to ride that roller coaster ride with me and you get to feel what I felt, what I thought. Like when I was down and out, we were almost bankrupt. We were, we had lost over $800,000. Wow. And I was at, I was at the end of my rope. Nadine and I, my wife and I had like $50,000 to our company in our name to our company. And we hired a consultant, which cost us 35 grand. And wow. It around, but you could imagine the conversation we had at dinner. <laughs> at night, like we have fifty grand to our name, we're done. We have nothing left. Right. And that eight hundred fifty thousand that we had lost was only because we had sold our first company. So that's where we got the money from. So you could only imagine the doubters and naysayers that I heard in the uh, back of my head. And I want yeah. to take the reader on this journey. And ultimately, I realized that as much as I love I-9 sports and I'm still with the company in the form of, I'm the founder, I'll always be the founder, sure. but I'm a minority shareholder now and I'm on the board of directors, but I sold the majority interest in the company two years ago when I realized that I-9 sports was not my purpose in life. My purpose is to be fulfilled and it's to use creativity and enthusiasm to inspire others. And that's kind of the, the huge takeaway in all this. You're going to see through my journey that I went through lots of things, but my purpose was never just that business. It was more than that. And yeah. I now I hope to inspire readers now with, in their own lives. It sounds like you certainly will. Um, you're an idea man, like you said, and that, that's a beautiful purpose to have. Um, it seems like it's a lot less restricting than one specific business that you're running. Yeah. I, when I realized that my business was not my sole purpose in life, it was the most freeing feeling. And I, I came to the conclusion that our lives are made up of series of missions. So when I was in school or in, when I hated that medical sales job, mm -hmm. I had to go through those missions in life to get to, for example, my first business, that adult men's softball league that I ran. And oh my gosh, to start that league and become the largest league in New York. I thought like I hit the Holy grail, like that was my life purpose. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, this is it. If I do this for the next rest of my life, I will be forever happy. But I realized, wait a minute, there's more to life than just ABA sports. <laughs> and that's when I found it. Then I later find found I nine sports and the kids program and I franchise it. And then when I look back on all of them, like, wait a minute here none of those were the sole purpose. My sole purpose is to be fulfilled. And there's, there's all those missions. So like the book that I've written now, I never thought I was going to write a book. I'm not a writer. I'm a business guy. Mm -hmm. And now I'm finding this book and speaking is my next mission in life. So it. it's a series of missions <laughs> that we all go through. That's so cool. That's, it's so inspirational too. Um, so I'm kind of curious, do you have any advice for our listeners about restoring their own work-life balance or, you know, kind of even f finding their own purpose in life? 
Okay, so the, here's the big, the big mantra that I would love for everybody to uh, to hear, and that is the mantra that's been has worked for my wife and I for we've been married for nearly 25 years, and we've been through <laughs> incredible roller coaster ride of highs and lows. But we've always had this mantra of live our life with absolutely no regrets. We never wanted to look back on anything and say would have, could have, should have. If we mm. think we should do something, we absolutely go for it. You got one shot. That's pretty at this. powerful. Yeah. Yeah. But it's worked for us for 25 years. Like we have never looked back and go, oh, honey, but what if we had done X? Mm-hmm. Look, Ali, our ideas, the, some of the things we've done, they weren't, they didn't turn out to be uh, all successes. We've had plenty of learnings. <laughs> yeah. I built the big house thinking I need land and the giant house. And then after building it a year and a half later, going, this isn't us. I don't like this house. Do you like it? And she's like, I hate this house. I'm like, okay, let's sell it. But you know, you go through crazy things where you don't want to ever look back on some of the decisions or look, the decision of hiring that consultant. If we'd not hired him, the company would not have survived. So just absolutely live your life with zero regrets. And that means that you always do what's right. Mm-hmm. even if it's scary like do it scary that's right. it You're doing it scary and uh it's very freeing though when you have that that true philosophy in life yeah it's it the philosophy is is almost a fearlessness and um like embracing this idea of stepping outside of your comfort zone to kind of better understand yourself and better appreciate your life and then it will get you there you know it's not going to always be comfortable but from everything that you've described, being burnt out in any position is not going to be comfortable. So. No, that's terrible. <laughs> but all right, that's where all the growth is, right? We always hear yeah. that all the growth is in discomfort. So getting out of my comfort zone and addressing it was where that, where that change happened. So all of our progress happens in that discomfort. So what I would tell people to do is, look, don't play it safe in your life. And, you know, uh, I, I remember Tony Robbins saying a decision made out of fear is almost always the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes when you decide not to do anything, well, you've made a decision, right? <laughs> By yeah, not, out of right? fear. Exactly. <laughs> out of fear, right. Exactly. That just doing it scary. Like I will be the first person to tell you, I am not fearless. I do things even when I'm scared, like screw it. I'm scared and I'm still freaking doing it. Mm-hmm. So, you don't let fear get in the way, even though you may, you know, you, even though you may be scared doing it. Yeah, and that's, that's quitting your job. That's making a firing the person that you know needs to go, but you've been scared to do it, uh-huh. or making a change in a relationship, or making a change in in your business. Completely uh, um, anticipating that there's a huge change in maybe in your company culture or product or your customers' wants and needs got one shot at this, everybody. So absolutely go, uh, you know, go strong and um, do it with no regret. That's fantastic advice. So I'm curious, um, who are your own role models in your life? Probably no surprise that Tony Robbins first came came to mind. So when I was in medical sales and I, uh, I had no passion for it, I was driving around New York City and I would listen to his cassette tapes back in 1991. I got off of his infomercial, cool. you know, at 3 a.m. and listen to his infomercial. But the reason why I say Tony has been an inspiration to me is that from the first time I heard that, watched that infomercial and listened to his tapes, he gave me hope. Oh, nice. Yeah, there was hope that there was 
there was an opportunity for me to break through my limiting beliefs. These are things I had never heard as a kid. My mom was always supportive of anything I wanted to do. My dad was supportive in his own way. He wanted me to be successful. He was not the entrepreneur that I, that I am. So we had conflicting beliefs on career path. But what Tony Robbins gave for me was hope that there are alternative ways. And I just felt like going to, whether going to a Tony event or listening to his tapes or reading a book, I was getting new insight that I had never learned before and applying it has changed my life uh, beyond its wildest dreams, honestly. So I would say that he's probably the, the biggest inspiration. And my a second inspiration for me is is Brian, the CEO of R9 Sports, who in a way he was my, he's been my mentor. Um, and how cool is it to actually have your mentor work with you hand in hand and he's my super fortunate very oh my cool. gosh like <laughs> we are yin and yang right so i'm the crazy visionary founder and he's the systems and processes great leader speaks so well and he can move mountains and that's what helped make this company what it is because um of his leadership and i i totally respect him i want to when i grew up i want to be like him one day i always tell him that <laughs> <laughs> that's such a lovely thing to say i love him dearly yeah absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. I feel that way though. He's great. I, I love it. And what really strikes me about you, Frank, is that your energy is undeniable. It's like, I believe you. I totally believe that you, that you're living your purpose, that you're fulfilled. And um, it's such a beautiful story to hear how you and your wife have been on this journey together. And it sounds like she's had your back this whole time as well. So you've had these great mentors, um, these really huge inspirational figures, and you figured out how to make it work for you and you've transformed your life into exactly what you want. Absolutely. I'm, I'm extremely grateful. I am so grateful. And to hear you say those things, it kind of is, it hits me pretty hard actually, because you don't think of it when you're kind of living through all of it. And I think of all the highs and lows and, um, you know, some of the lows were, were pretty bad and you get through it and it makes you a better person. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for sure. Wow. Well, you're certainly inspirational. I'm so happy to have talked with you today. Um, and I, I, don't, I, I cannot urge the listeners enough to check out Frank's book, Running With My Head Down, An Entrepreneur's Story of Passion, Perseverance, and Purpose. And also be sure to visit Frank's site, frankfume.com. That's F-R-A-N-K-F-I-U-M-E.com. And again, thank you so much, Frank. This has been awesome. Um, so inspirational. I'm like, I have so much energy now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Allie, thank you so much. It was my pleasure to be on this. Wonderful. Wonderful. So that wraps up today's show. Thank you all for joining and stay tuned for our next episode of the Life Hack Show.